to see where we're at, to see where um, where we fall into place with our emotions and the outside world and what's going on, and exactly like how to orient ourselves. It's really really interesting. Maybe I, I can remember that verse. Oh, Second Corinthians. It's funny. I feel like there's always more to scriptures. So this is what it says. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. Mm. so yeah like it just made perfect sense of like not only do we need to think it through and examine our own lives but then to take it a step further right like we have to go to the throne of god and 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 ask petition to lord re, re, you know create in me a clean heart renew my renew my soul renew my heart renew my mind like we're being bombarded with all these different ideas that he's not the source of, right? Like I'm saying like the media, you know, other people's opinions, what have you, everything is, is by design to make you react, to make you feel a certain way, to think a certain way, to do certain things. And cause I mean, it goes either way, right? Like you can get too caught up in it and, and, dive or you know jump to the rabbit's hole and you get consumed with everything that's going on with the world and, and you put remember that last week was the last week i was telling you or i was asking like should we put the the burden mm -hmm. of life the burden of the world the cares of this world on our own shoulders it doesn't seem like that's what we were designed to do far from it that's for sure we're like super inadequate to even begin to do that it's so like funny because like i i was i guess in similar to like your how you've been feeling how he's been feeling like for me i would describe my my emotions or feelings more like as bitter like i feel like i couldn't i couldn't extend love to people like i just had disdain i guess or resentment and just disgust and all these terrible emotions and feelings. I was just like, in a sense, like I was like, I don't care about anything. <laughs> like I was at that point where like, what's the point? I don't care. Well, you end up becoming a nihilist, right? Exactly. That's what I said. Yes. Everything is hypersensitive. Everything is important. Everything is um, an emergency. It seems like, right. That we hear that we, and from all sides, from all schools of thought, from all fields, it just seems like, well, oh, pay attention to this right now. Cause it's a life and death. I mean, we saw it full force, right. With the pandemic, mm -hmm. wear a mask, stay indoors, don't go out, wash your hands. Like Six it was just, we're just completely bombarded with, how to do your life everything everything was affected our relationships between friends and colleagues and potentially your significant others your kids everything was touched yeah 
every aspect of our lives and it doesn't seem like it's going away. I mean, okay. I'm still blown away that it's still around in a sense. Okay, and this is where this is where my like, huh? My huh, you know, my huh moment comes in because I'm like the vaccine, for example, right? Which like you can't travel if you don't have the vaccine, or you can't go to the now it's like you can't go to this sporting event if you're not vaccinated. In some circles, right? Some people, it's like you can't come into my home. Yeah, unless you're vaccinated, and it's like you guys realize that the vaccine doesn't mean that you take it and it's no longer transmittable. Yeah, that's like not, it's that's I mean, not at all what it means. What's it called? Like the golden bullet, silver bullet. You can be vaccinated, get the virus, and still give it to somebody else. The all the vaccine is doing right, it's it's uh, mitigating or it's it's um minimizing the symptoms of the mm-hmm. of the virus in your body if if you were to catch it if you were to it's not it's not going to help stop the spread you know and that's and that's the thing i'm like i mean cuz i got into it with some family members and i was like do you know what it's doing to your body like like do you really like do you know what it's about what's going on like what is it what is it for exactly most people that i've talked to don't know they don't they don't even know which vaccine they took or you know if they do know i'm like do you realize that you know the two that are still proved of i'm like do you know that they came out and said that the vaccine is only good for six months and you'll need a booster after six months and like, where does this end? Is this how it's going to be now? Forever? You're going you're to be taking a dumb vaccine every six months for a virus that, you know, has that high of a survival rate? Maybe. Maybe some people will. I don't know. But again, people aren't thinking this through. They're not, they're not looking into it, Gabe. They're not. They're really not. It's so funny because um, I had an old friend of mine, uh, I say friend, uh, through the Toastmasters group, right? Um, let me see if I can get it. So he's going through all these different things. So he has sent me something, an article. Um, this doctor said, why you shouldn't get an mRNA vaccination, right? Some doctor, Dolores Cahill, I don't know how legit she is. And then he also said something to think about. Look up former VP of Pfizer warning against the vaccine. And he says, uh, it says it, re- it re- reprograms the immune system, which means that it can affect the pregnancy like it's a virus or weaken the immune system. So the typical infections that are usually fought off by a healthy and normal immune system can now comp- complicate a pregnancy. And he says um, later on, he says here, he says, brother, this is all done with our consent, 90% consent due to fear. But if we all stood on, on the truth and said no more, these mandates, which aren't laws, will go away, right? So he's going through all these different things. He says, it is not a vaccine. Dr. David Martin, I don't know who this is, states, let's step, stipulate that this is not a vaccine. We need to be really clear. We are using the term vaccine to sneak this thing under public health. 
uh, public health exemptions. This is not a vaccine. This is an mRNA package in a flat envelope that is delivered to a cell. It is a medical device designed to stimulate the human cell in, into becoming a pathogen creator. It is not a vaccine. Vaccines are a le legally defined term under public health law. They are legally defined. They are a legally defined term under CDC and FDA standards. And a vaccine specifically has to stimulate both the immunity within the person receiving it, but is also, but it also has to disrupt transmission. That is not what this is. So he goes on and on about this, this like what it really is. So my point in this is to say he looked into it. <laughs> <laughs> like he's really looking into it and he's saying no like this is not this is not right there's something going on with all this like he's basically saying like look at what's going on with the mainstream media like all these experts and scientists are saying one thing we need to look at what other people are saying that are within the scientific field that are looking into the research and figuring out like what are the effects what is the the, the efficacy of it what what other um views are there out there and I feel like people don't want to, they don't want to deal with it. They just want to listen to the TV, see what Dr. Fauci has to say. And then that's, that's the end of it. It's scary, it's scary too, when you consider the legal standpoint that the big pharma is making a killing right now Oof. with these supplies. And then now consider the fact that legally speaking, they're protected by law from any wrongdoing, any responsibility, any, you know, like, you're, like you're, what you're just saying about it could cause, you know, problems for people, for women that are, that are pregnant. And again, it's all like documented. It's all legal, like legally speaking, like they are not responsible. They're pumping these dosages out and they're making all this money and they're not responsible in case something bad happens. It's like, you're really at their mercy. You know, like you said, if you're not looking into it, then you're just at their mercy and whatever happens, oh, well. Sorry, not sorry. It's so interesting how the Johnson Johnson vaccine was picked out as like, troublesome you know with the the arteries or the clogs the blood, blood, blood clots the blood clots and all that it's like everything is just so weird you know okay so okay so wait and and this is the one thing that gets me too right because they're like oh it's only like one in every like six million or something like that the, the figure like it's not that big of a deal it's only yeah it's a very you know minuscule minute percentage of people that are that are getting sick or dying from the and the whole time i'm like okay you know the virus doesn't kill that many people either right yeah i already said this i said that the cure cannot be worse than the virus he's looking like a genius i tell you that much as bad as he, he speaks genius Lago. yeah he i don't know I mean, you're talking about an article after article after article basically proving just what everything really was, you know, and Project Veritas, like we mentioned last week. And yet people, like what, get, what gets to me also is this idea that they're, like I, I was thinking about it earlier, kind of like this is different subject, but 
similar in, in sense in, in spirit, I guess, is that everyone's upset that cops are killing people, right? So then I was thinking about the interview with Mike Lee, Senator, is it Senator Mike Lee in Jordan Peterson? And how he said that the government is a blunt for or a blunt force or um, I forgot how he said it. He said like they're 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 the blunt force like it's a necessary. I, I guess it's necessary essentially right. So, police the the police force are essentially state employees right, in in virtue because they are under the. What is it? Authority. Under the authority of the mayor, right? He, they're in charge of the police force. Is the mayor of the, the, the city? Is that accurate? It would be either the police commissioner or chief sheriff. But like their boss is the mayor, right? In terms of like giving orders. Because uh, like in Portland, the mayor told the cops to stand down or what have you. Right. They, not the sheriff, but I do believe the police chief would. Yeah. So then, right? Um, so they're upset that the state, let's say it this way, the state that is killing people, right? Police are killing people or specifically black Americans, right? And I keep thinking like, you're upset about police, the state killing people, right? Now, what makes you think that we should give the government more power? And I know we've already discussed these things and other people have as well. But I just don't understand why they don't see how that is a problem, logically speaking. Um, I think it was Malice and Dave Smith were just talking about this. I didn't finish the episode. I think it came out yesterday. But they were just saying just that, like what I was talking about the media very cunningly editing what they're oh, going to yeah. say. Because like you said, it's not the message isn't, yeah, the, you know what? The state and its officials might have a little bit too much power that they're not exacting, you know, any kind of righteousness or truth or, or justice. But in fact, like, hey, it, they're actually, it's us against them. That's not the narrative. You know, like they're saying that within the media, the mainstream media and in some circles and politically, right? The idea is like, you can only criticize the police from the standpoint of race and racism. Anything else is not, it's not fair game. Yeah. It's like, like you're, in other words, like people are being told you can only criticize the cops when it involves the improper treatment of minorities. That's it. As though police officers are only capable of wrongdoing on those terms, on the terms of race, nothing else. They're, they can't be corrupt. They're, they're incapable of being corrupt or, or um, wrong in, in, in other forms. No, they're not. It's only, only the matters of race. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's a really shallow perspective you know there's there's not a lot of depth here if the system is racist and the system is wrong and it's right it's systemic racism and that's it so it's like okay well what happens when it's, when it's a black police officer right well what then like it's not 
Oh, it is racism because it's it's systemic and he's a cop either way. He has so, internalized whiteness or whatever. Right, by proxy, say. right? By proxy, he's just a racist too because he's a cop. Mm-hmm. I mean, that wasn't that kind of the backlash that LeBron's getting now that it's like. Oh, I'm not gonna bother to to read about this or look into it. It's all just optics. It's all emotion. It's all just an instantaneous reaction to what's actually going on. And what's interesting is that this is continuing to happen despite who is president, right? It doesn't matter. So it shows that yeah, it absolutely does not matter who is president, who is in offices right elected offices it doesn't really matter because people are going to make decisions and they're going to behave in ways that are irrelevant to who's ever elected officials and to think that we and to think that we need better policies or that that some sort of piece of legislation is going to change the hearts and minds of you know all americans and it's going to improve their decision-making abilities is again, like you're saying, it's shallow, it's very limited in, in scope in terms of how you perceive the world. And, and it's, it's not even our, our reality. If you think about our day to day, like all that's happening is what we can deal with what's in front of us, right? Our jobs, our families, we have other worries and concerns and priorities that, what's a piece of legislation going to really affect? I mean, it does, and it can, for sure, but on the very individual local level, it's not that severe, you know, except for what's been happening with the, sh- the shutdown and all, the lockdowns and all that. Right. It's just frustrating. I mean, ultimately, right. It's ultimately, I mean, it's a matter of, I think it's a matter of perspective, it's a matter of attitude, and it's a matter of the position of our hearts. Like, you want you want justice, you want righteousness, you want truth, right? And you want it your way, though. You don't want to... I don't know, I guess it's coming down to, it feels more and more like it's coming down to, like, we're not being allowed to bargain with our feelings and our thoughts. Like that's not, that's not the case anymore. Like you're not allowed to play with these ideas to play with, um, to speculate. Like it's just like, that's not part of the equation anymore because it's like, here's the, the, the screenshot or here's the, the, the still of the video of the cop shooting the girl and she has a knife in her hand and that's it. Like you're already, you're, you're already going to be predetermined. Your, your biases and, and your emotions will predetermine where you land and in, in what you see. Yeah. I'm like, that's not, is that really being human? Like, or you're just, are you just an Android? You're just a humanoid. You know, you're programmed to think and act a certain way. I've only begun to scratch the surface in terms of programming languages because I'm trying to learn Haskell right now. <laughs> I think I mentioned this to you already. But what you're saying is very much um, 
the case when it comes to programming languages, right? You input equations or commands in it and it will give you what you expect it to give you, right? And it's not necessary thinking, you know, the language isn't thinking for itself. It's only doing what it knows is needed based off of whatever um, inputs you give it. You give it, you know, specific inputs and then here's, here's what you get. Here are your outcomes, your, your outputs. And it's like, you can't, it can't um, deviate from that. And it's just like, here's the inputs. You know, we got cop killing uh, the woman, the black woman with the knife, right? So what's the output? Racism. We got to abolish the police. It's like, here are very specific ways in which we must think based on how we're viewing whatever is happening. There's no way you can deviate from that. It's like, it's just a programming, like you're saying, where everyone's programmed to, to automatically come up with these conclusions. It's like, that seems boring as a life, you know? Because, I mean, that, even for the life of the believer, that can happen to us, too. Where we yeah. stuck in a certain frame of mind or mentality and, and thinking, like, hey, this is, you know, this is supposed to be the way it is from now on and not understanding things have their uses, their lifespans, their, some things are temporary, some things are seasonal, right? And like it says in, in Romans 12 about do not be conformed to this world, but, you know, would be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Like that is something that we can't do apart from, from the knowledge of God, the knowledge of his word, you know, being empowered by his spirit. And that's to say, like, like the, the earlier verse that I shared, I was, I'm like, that's kind of the point of Christianity too. Is like your 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 very being is going to be challenged, and if it's not being challenged, and you're not growing, you're not learning, you're not being transformed. Are you really living a spiritual life, the way we saw? Abraham being transformed and, and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses, like, you know, various others being, being completely changed, mm -hmm. you know? And it wasn't like, well, I mean, yeah, sometimes it was one day to the next, one moment to the another, but that whole spiritual journey took a lifetime for most of them. I'm like, it's not going to be any different for us. That's for sure. And that was, and that was even with the, with the, with them knowing that they were in, you know, in relationship to, to God, right? Like they, they heard God speak to them and they obeyed. Right. And yet it still was not easy. It wasn't pleasant. It, there was hardships, there was challenges, there was pitfalls and, it still wasn't enough sometimes. Yeah. Despite that. And it's just, it's, I feel like it's, it's become like this theme. I don't know, this idea that people want things to be easy. Like I was listening to, um, what's his name? Action Bronson, I think. The oh, he was on Rogan, right? Yeah, he was on Rogan recently. And 
and he was just talking about getting back into to shape or like getting into shape and what that's done for him psychologically physically spiritually all that right he's like I, he's like i feel like i've been reborn renewed he's he's like you're saying right be renewed um and it's like that's that's what we all need because once you do become renewed you're you're operating on a different um i don't know on a different level or just just the framework it's different you know and you and you are deciding to go out and do something that's challenging and difficult but you know it's benefiting you yeah instead of letting it happen to you you're going out and seeking those challenges because you know through those challenges you're going to develop and grow and better yourself right like this is i would say somewhat common i mean right and the and that i feel like what what you're getting at where you're going is you can say yes all you want to, to 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 new things to new ideas but if you're not actually doing anything about it you're not applying it like it's never going to take form Mm-hmm. yeah it's not going to come alive that idea is not going to be which, this is crazy because that which is like which which is the the idea or which is the whole um the whole story of christ right when the word became flesh the, i was gonna say when the unseen became part of the scene right exactly yikes It doesn't, it doesn't, these obviously right archetypes, themes or truths and principles don't go away. They don't, excuse me, one second. That's when the word became flesh. Exactly. Essentially. I, I, I think, you know, especially going through Bible study and going through the Sabbath um, controversies, right? And how the Jewish law said that you must not work during the Sabbath day. And that even meant so much as like, you can't even move your, you can't even- You can't move your furniture. You can't move your furniture, that's work. Anything you do is work, right? It became so rigid and and it's like, it, it, it's, it's, the same, it's the same idea, right? Like we become rigid in our, in our thinking, we become rigid and, and the ideas aren't alive. The, the actions are just set forth. It's, it's just the input output, right? We know what we need to do. We abide. We have our, our rituals, whatever the case may be, right? But to be renewed and to, and to have the word be enacted out in the flesh when, when the word became flesh with Christ, it's like whatever was rigid was 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 broken right it had it had to be torn down for the regeneration for 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 life to continue again for people to live life in a way that was meaningful and and it's like once you once you let go the rigidity you're better equipped to deal with the challenges you can be more uh, flexible you can adapt you can maneuver life more successfully which is in part of what being sick right and sin is 
it's like we're 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 rigid we're stuck we're not able to to develop right because we've we've it's, it's interesting like the, the jewish law and sin it seemed as though it limited the, the capacity for someone to to be forgiven of their sins in a sense i didn't even think about it that way but what you just said triggered for me the the concept of yeah like we got to get rid of our excess baggage right we got to get rid of the things that are holding us back and the way hebrews 12 puts it it's it says therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hmm. So our sin is a, is a form of, of baggage, a form of weight that is just holding us back from life, from truth, from how, how Jesus says, I've come to give them life and life more abundantly. Right. Like you're saying like we can't hit those, those strides. We can't hit those points of truth in our own lives because there's so much else. There's so much distortion. There's so much noise going on that we can't receive the message. Yeah. Especially when like, uh... I think now that you've mentioned that, um, it's clarifying what I'm what I'm trying to portray in terms of like routine, our routines, right? When, once we've been like essentially, we've operated in our routines, right? Let's say pre-COVID, we had our routines: go to work, come home. We have all our 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 ways in which we lived our lives, right? And it just became this thing that we did over and over again each day. Same, 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 right? And you can think about it in that same way where through these routines, let's say, right, the sin that so easily entangles us. But the problem with, with that, with the routines and, and then the sin that so easily entangles us is that we're not able to adapt to that. We're not able to deal with it in a, in a productive way. I think that's kind of where I'm hadn't really thought about this before, but it's kind of making sense in a way because of making the connection to the Sabbath controversies in that the man was sick, right? And he had legs, his legs didn't work. He didn't, he couldn't walk, right? Was it, he, was, he couldn't walk for like 30 years. Mm-hmm. So Jesus tells him to get up and take your bed and, and walk, right? But it was, it was the, it was the combination of the of the rigidity of the Jewish law with his sin, and then Christ comes as the Word made flesh to be able to, to transcend the routine and say, "No, the Sabbath, my Father works as well," as He says later on. I don't know if this is making sense, but it's becoming yeah. clear in, in my mind. Like to connect it to Pastor Lee Sale, right? Who mentions God's intent 
with creating the Sabbath was that the Sabbath was created for man. Mm-hmm. There you man go. wasn't created for for the Sabbath. You know, so in that lens, right, like you're saying, like the things that we actually need to focus on, the things that liberate us, right, to worship God, to praise God in, in spirit and in truth, things that enable us to spend time with our family and to, to treat a day with the utmost respect and dignity that comes with, you know, life and, and seasons of life and illnesses and everything that it, that entails. And we've, we've come to see it in a different light and it's, well, I have so much to do now on the Sabbath because it's the day of the Lord mm-hmm. and I have to go to church and I have to do this and do that. And you're missing the whole time. You're missing the point. It's kind of like, I guess the, the picture that comes to mind for me was, was um, Mary and Martha. Right. And how Jesus and disciples were there and, and Martha got upset because Mary wasn't helping. Right. Martha was, was being a busybody. She was trying to organize everything. She was trying to get the food ready, and everything else for their meal. And she's like, look, like Jesus, you know, my sister's doesn't, my sister's not helping me, you know? And, and so she had lost focus on what was really important. And it was him, it was his presence. It was being next to him, sitting next to him, hearing him, you know, having, having communion with him, having a conversation with him. And really like, these were the last few moments that they were going to be able to spend with him the last few days that he'd be around and and mary was able to see it but her sister wasn't yes that's a good way that's a good picture to simplify what i said i I try and you try so hard yeah i think i think in 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 that in that fight it's the the we need to pull ourselves out of the routine this is what I'm trying to get at, right? Yeah. Let's get ourselves out of the routines. Let's let's just abide by or abide in and abide in him so he can abide in us. Is what I'm trying to get at, right? It's it's so that we can live for the day and not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow's worries or has its own yeah. So it's like I, I just I, I I can see how like going back earlier in regards to like everyone you know, you, your coworker, myself, we've all, we're all feeling so just anxious, not anxious, but just frustrated. And I was, you know, feeling that bitterness because it just seemed, yeah, it just seemed like everything was. It was going to hinge on on this verdict. Yeah. Everything became so just hyper-focused, right? It seems like everything's hyper-focused. And I don't know. It just it makes me think about like what we're saying that if we can abide in Him, then we're not going to be busybody, concerned about whatever is happening. We're able to just be in, in fellowship, right? And hmm, it's interesting. It's so hard, though. I feel like it's just so hard, you know. Well, that's, that's, um, I mean, like, 
there's a reason why, right? Jesus talked about prayer. Why he said you need to set time aside Ooh. quietly, separately, you know, in your alone time. Just basically saying is like you need to set apart some point or sometime in your day to partake in this. You know, and that's something that I, mean, I know it kind of it sounds counterintuitive to what you're saying about being rigid, but he's just saying like you have to be um, you have to be, you have to have intent when doing these things. Cause sometimes, I mean, I don't know, I guess I can't speak for you, but I can speak for myself. Sometimes like day in and day out, week in and week out like for the routine, it just feels like you're on autopilot. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, I know I have to pray or I know I have to read scripture or I know I have to, you know, listen to this sermon or that teaching. And like you said like, it's no longer about basking in God's presence, whether that's through, like I said, like reading or prayer or listening to worship music, you know, praise music, but that's not the point, right? The point is to get lost in, in, in him, whatever, whatever that might look like for you. Like I know, you know, with, our current technological advancements, right? Like a lot of people get, I know I do, I get a lot out of my commute to and from work. You know, I I get my own time to listen to music, to a podcast, to a preaching, to a teaching. And yeah, like in those moments where I'm like, oh, there's nothing else for me to do. I can't escape it. You know, Mm -hmm. this is my own private time. And I've had those, those, I don't recommend it, but I've had those moments of like, deep thought or like like a like a meaningful emotional impact because of a, of a song i heard or because of the word and like it literally like i'm just thinking about god's you know that'll be one aspect right it'll be like god's god's forgiveness or god's mercy you know because that's what was focused in on that song or that 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 preaching that teaching and like that will overwhelm me you know, it'll bring me to tears. And then until I'm like snapping out of it, because I realize I'm on the freeway driving, you know, 75 miles an hour with traffic. And I'm like, wait, I can't, I can't do this right now. Like, but like you're saying though, like I'm able to disengage from the routine. I'm able to set this time aside and have this moment with God, have a moment with what I'm hearing or, or, you know, whatever, whatever's going to impact for that day. And it's, it's not something that you can plan, right? It's not something that you can say, like, God, every day from four to five. Yeah. I'm available to you for me to have this great, impactful moment. And it's like, that's not always how it's going to work out. You know, sometimes it's seasons. Sometimes, you know, we're in sickness. We're going through trials or tribulations, what have you. And so, yeah, like, those things are going to be more meaningful. More impactful to us. Yeah, I think it's called um, like the um, the way I've heard it described in terms of like just people talking about being in the flow of things. Kind of like similar, right? You're you're just so immersed in what's happening that you have like this flow state where like time and space no longer exists, and right. you know everything slows down for you, and you're just like so immersed in that moment 
like you're saying, right? Everything kind of washes away and dissipates and you're just in this, I don't know, rhythmic state of mind. And you're, it's, 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 it's happened for me too. And like the emotional part of it, like you're saying, right? Bringing you the tears. I've definitely had that happen as well. And I, I wonder, I wonder why that is, you know, that we, we, we get so just caught up in that, that it, it drives us enough to like, but it's not like sadness either though. Those tears aren't sadness. It's more of like just this awe, right? Yeah. I, for me, I would, I would describe it as um, a type of realization hmm. where you, you've had these thoughts or you've had these, these emotions in you already like you said, like, you don't know exactly how to explore it or how to make sense of it. And then it's it's in those other moments, maybe it's, you know, days later, weeks later, that something you hear, like, reminds you of that. And and then finally, like, you're, you're allowed, like, a glimpse, right? This is a kind of, I know this, this is a lot, we're hinging a lot on, um, mysticism but you have that moment where you're like like it's a moment of clarity you're like oh now that makes sense yes because because i heard this word or this verse pops up right in our minds it's like oh yeah like that's what that meant that's what that decision meant or that's what you know that was the impact of of doing that and and then you realize oh this is how god works in the life of elijah or the life of you know someone else in scripture or, or maybe somebody you know somebody you know personally that has gone through it and you feel like yeah like that's when you have that the renewal of the mind right because you come to a different conclusion uh, before it was like this doesn't make any sense like why would god allow this to happen and then you know you're further down the line life and you, and you can look back and realize like oh yeah god is god is good you know god is merciful god is true you know or whatever whatever it might be that you need at the moment yeah i had like uh two thoughts the first one was um that verse that touches on what satan meant for evil god meant for good right so when people ask like, why would God allow evil things to happen or terrible things to happen? Right. We, we don't, we don't give credit in, in regards to the good, knowing that despite whatever tragedy that occurs to a person or, or some, you know, multiple people there, I don't, I don't ever think we get that the, the results or not the results, but just kind of like the, the transformation that those individuals go through as it relates to like the good that has um, impacted them through that. You know, many times we don't, most of the time I would say we don't get to see that happen because it's not meant for us to see anyways. Right. And then can't think of the other one, but it's just like, we, yeah, we just don't know how how to deal with tragedy on our own. And 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 then if you just kind of add tragedy to tragedy, right? You just keep 
piling it on, piling it on, it can become so overwhelmed. We can become so overwhelmed that it's like, how do we even deal with with our with our day to day, with our moment to moment, right? And then that's when you get into cast our care. We must cast our cares to you know cast our cares to God because He cares for us, right? And then we get into that that frame of mind, and everything obviously goes right back to that our relationship, our our connection to. Yeah, have you been right? what came to mind too right now with like talking about caster cares and how he gives us like boundaries he gives us like a set limit of like okay this is what you can handle for now mm-hmm. and it's literally like the day by day mentality right he says don't worry about tomorrow because today has enough cares to worry about Right, so it's even even something on something like that. Even God, even God's like, "Hey, you're still a human being. Like, you have your limits. You can only do so much in a 24-hour period. So, you relax. <laughs> take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> Mucho take it easy. Yeah, it's so interesting, like how how much God cares enough to say, "Look, it. I'm gonna give you a day off." I'm gonna, you're going to worry about today. Of course, plan for the future, right? But God will... How does the verse go? Um, the mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Same thing. Mm-hmm. We are always under that. That we're always under God's dominion. Because, again, the, the word is a, a light unto our path or a lamp onto our feet and a light onto our path, mm-hmm. right? And so it's, it's this constant reminder that just God will give us enough. He will show us enough. He tells Abraham, go out to a land I will show you. Just enough, just to say, hey, get, you don't need to know everything. I'm give gonna, us today I'll, our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Everything is just moment to moment. Everything is piece by piece. Everything is gonna be taken care of god knows right the author and finisher of our faith we are not the author and finisher of our faith so yeah so that just came this is like this idea came to mind so it's kind of simplifying it but so the idea is to live in the moment but consider tomorrow mm-hmm. i don't know why that just came to mind Live in the moment. Live in the moment. Consider tomorrow. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it it does seem like that's what if we were to translate God's word, we would say in that way, right? Consider, um, live in the moment, and consider tomorrow. I think it's so. It's just like I feel like it's really jumping out at me right now, like just all those verses and and just how much God obviously thought through everything for us to be able to to deal with the world, right? And and, and everything kind of... That's a good point. Go ahead. Sorry, something else came to mind that we talked about before, but go ahead. Sorry. It's going to be quick. 
So a lot, a lot is jumping out here. I know, right? So as it relates to like Peterson, when he talks about vision and how we perceive the world, very, 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 very limited. There's things out in beyond our perception, right? The unknown unknowns that we have no no way of even dealing with, right? All we have is how we are how we perceive the world as objects, right? And how we interact with those objects is because it's the, it's the functionality of those things, right? So right now we're sitting in our rooms in our in our places of um, our homes, right? There's a world around us that's, things are happening, decisions are being made, conversations are being had, you know, all kinds of things are happening. Nature's doing its thing. We have no concept we're not even dealing with that we're in a conversation right here right now in this moment Ooh, there we go we're in this moment here dealing with this conversation everything else it's out of sight out of mind as they say the they sayers that's my point so okay did you forget it yeah, yeah, no, because you you hit on you hit a little on on what I was thinking. Because what I was gonna say was like it almost seems as though, for example, the idea of the internet mm-hmm. for our psychology, physiology, physiology, physicality, it's beyond our limitations right to to partake of the internet or to have something that is like an endless amount of that provides an endless amount of information it's almost like that's way too overwhelming for us like you're saying like everything that's going on in the world it's just too much of a yoke it's too much for us to to bear on our own but it's almost like what I'm getting at is like we're, we weren't designed to know every single little fact, every single little idea, every single event that's going on throughout the whole entire world on an everyday basis. Mm. Yeah, actually, there's a chapter. Well, no, I mean, okay, let me go here first. The straight and narrow path. Right? So we need to pick a path and not deviate until we are told to do so. We can't worry about what's happening to our left, to our right, behind us. We're going forward and we're focusing on the straight and narrow path that God is guiding us with through his word. And then in Peterson's new book, he talks about um, essentially focusing on, on one thing, being, a, being, being single-minded on one task or, or what have you, one objective, and putting all your energy and time into that one thing and see what happens, right? So it's sort of like we become specialized. We want to specialize in this one thing. This, we want to find that niche instead of becoming a jack-of-all-trades. Traits, traits, right? Because people feel that's limiting because we're only going to 
learn Haskell programming or we're going to learn C sharp or we're going to learn Java. We're going to learn Spanish instead of English, instead of both languages. We're going to learn guitar instead of drums, right? We become very, very specified in what we're trying to accomplish because then what happens? We become, we become, we become sufficient in that. We become proficient, become expertise. We develop an expertise in that area, right? Versus trying to do all these different things and sort of like sell ourselves ourself short. Yeah. Because what, what gets to me is when you're in hearing what you're saying is like, we, it's almost like we have to choose, we have to pick and choose to live a simplistic life. Right, because like people that live off the grid, let's say they live up in the mountains and they live on like 300 acres of property, but they live in like a one room cabin and they found a way to provide a water source. Maybe it's a river, a well, they have solar panels and they have a garden and it's like, they've chosen to remove themselves and now they're not susceptible to getting hit by a, uh, getting hit by a car or they're not susceptible to, to getting mugged walking down the street. Like there's just so many, you know what I'm saying? Like there's so many factors that they've removed themselves from to live a very simplistic life where now it's like, yeah, I don't really need a cell phone because I don't have reception out here. I have this satellite dish that provides me Wi-Fi, but, you know, I don't have those other same basic necessities. I don't have, I don't have a plumbing system, you know, a modern day plumbing system. Maybe they have something else going on. The, the, they don't have a gas bill, you know, they don't have a light bill. Hmm. It's like, what you're saying like yeah to me because to me that's where meaning meaning is going to come into play too like you have to pick and choose like what are you dedicating yourself to what are you what are you doing deep dives into you know right what are you going to look into what are you actually like i guess you have to you have to you have to start scaling back and realize like what is actually purposeful or meaningful in life not just like the necessities of life but the responsibilities of life but same time it's like no you have to start discovering like purpose things like purpose meaning and how how that's going to affect you what's going to feed our souls right because we all have a soul that desires all that right it desires the meaning and purpose that was set out for us specifically it's so funny i feel like you were like really talking to me personally Uh oh. <laughs> i was like oh i need to hear this i know that much it's it's it's, it's something i've been thinking about though to be honest that's why i was like huh it really feels like i'm i'm being spoken to because 
I keep thinking like, what do I really want to spend my time on? I know we've discussed these things, right? Once you've progressed in life to a point where you're married and you're having kids and you're thinking like, what do I want to invest my time and money into? Because that's going to produce a sustainable future potentially, right? That will be good for myself and my family and the community, right? All that goes hand in hand. Because real quick, like what you're really doing is you're investing in you. Right. Because wherever you go, there you are. Mm. Wherever you go, there you are. So, you know what I mean? Like, you, yeah, like the, these ideas that you have involve your, your family, your career, what have you. But ultimately, like, it's, it's on you. It's going to fall on you because whatever you dedicated yourself to do right every day from, you know, five to 10 o'clock at night or whatever, like that's going to chart your course for the next 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, it's, it's, it does, this very feels very like personal, but in terms of not like personal, like personal information, but in terms of like personal to me, right. I don't know if you felt this way, but I know I may have mentioned this. So I feel like I've not been able to get to a point in my life where I know what I want to do. I've bought in, um, I've bought in cameras and GoPros to figure out if I want to do photography or videography. I've, you know, we're doing the podcasts and I want to learn this programming language and I'm reading books and I'm, uh, doing things right like getting getting into uh firearms and training in in that area right trying to i I know we talked about like developing habits or hobbies right to a point where like i can become skilled in something eventually right and it's like all that to say in in part is like what is it that i want to do with my with my life how do I want to spend my time and money, right? How do I want to invest myself that, yeah, how do I want to invest myself that I, that I deem as meaningful and good? And it seems like I've, you know, because I feel like there's people I've, like Jocko Willink is a good example, right? And any other Navy SEAL said that when they were a kid, they knew they wanted to join the, the Navy and be, be a, become a Navy SEAL, right? They knew that from, from a young age. I didn't, I don't think I had that. I don't know if you did, but it just kind of feels like you're, you're, you're walking and it's dimly lit and you're just kind of stumbling your way through this obstacle course, trying to find your way to the end of it. So you can live your life, you know, with clear vision. And, and it's like, it's just kind of seems, it, it kind of feels frustrating because you're like, like what am I good at like what I want to do I'm sure everyone feels this way at some point even people who are doing the thing they they enjoy sometimes they're questioning that right it just seems like that's a constant battle we're dealing with Hmm. so in other words it's like how do we limit ourselves enough so that we can do things that we enjoy Like you said, I think you need to pursue what's meaningful in your life, mm-hmm. whether that's something like cryptocurrency. Hey, I forgot about that one. Yeah. 
like things that are benefit to you and then things that are beneficial to the people around you. Cause it's true. Like some people are having these discussions or they're having these ideas of like, okay, if modern society falls apart tomorrow, what can I do? What can I trade? What skills do I have? Can I do carpentry? Can I do electrical plumbing? Like you said, firearm, like what is it that if you were going to live in a commune or like an enclosed society or community, like what would you be in that town? What would you mm-hmm. be in that little, little village? Like with, with other like-minded people that believe in things you believe in, obviously you, I don't think you would, or I would, or anybody, I don't think it'd be very smart to partner with groups of people, factions that don't have the same value system that probably won't be a good idea, but, but right. Like you're saying, like, where, what is this all leading me towards? And like, ultimately in the life of the believer, as far as I can tell, you know, looking at the life of Abraham, the life of the disciples, they they weren't exactly sure where this was going. This whole God thing, this whole Jesus thing, this whole, like, we dropped everything to follow you, Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean you're going to die and <laughs> then rise the dead three days later? Or when are you going to establish your kingdom? When, is, when are you going to do all this? Like, what are you talking about? Aren't you getting rid of the Romans? And even still, when he died and he resurrected and all that, the mountain of, right, when he was ascended up to heaven, so when are you going to start your kingdom? And he's like, that's not for you to know. It's not for you to know the time or the season. And it's like... Oh, come you on. Know, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, because I, I, that definitely hits home for me what you're saying as far as like, well, I wasn't eight years old and then I realized like, Oh, I'm destined to be, you know, a Formula One race car driver. Like, yeah, that's not how a bull rider, a surfer, a skydiver. Oh, like that's not. Yeah, but I think, but I do think, what do you call it? What we're doing right now and having this discussion, conversation, how how we play with ideas. I'm realizing like. Not everyone's cut out for that. That's not to say like we're the smartest people out there and like mm. we know everything. And we, no, but I do think that we have a high, like Peterson, like in, if, you, if you were to take his personality test, right? We have a high level of openness. Mm-hmm. But he says that comes out in creativity some way, somehow. But I think that allows us to have these conversations where you're playing with these ideas that, you know, people that work 12-hour shifts Monday through Saturday for 40 years of their lives, you know, labor-intensive jobs, like, they don't have time for this. You know, they have kids to feed or mortgage to pay or whatever, like, whatever it is that, that they've, dedicated them, them themselves to they're given their their lives to these things it's like well yeah like i can't be a jerk and expect like hey can we talk about 
the ideas of natural rights, mm. natural law found within the Constitution, and what that might mean to you, and are these are these ideas being challenged that are found in the Bill of Rights in our in our modern day? And how has that changed in the last thirty years? And and how does that relate to Christianity? Like, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like, who is even dealing with those things? <laughs> Some weirdos, I'm sure. And I'm like. Well, yeah, like natural law, natural rights that I hear being created in in the in the image of God. That's what I hear. Right. You know, that's what I can connect. That's what I can put together, piece together. But that's not so easy for other people. And maybe that is a, a form of of that's an opportunity for us. To explore that, like we are, yeah. That's very true. Yeah, I think it's a, a matter of just working on it, right? Like we've talked about, and it it seems it's a, I kind of now you're mentioning it because that's like now I seem as though I'm, I'm ignorant of this, right? I'm ignorant of what we're what we're able to do or or trying to accomplish and. But yeah, it's like again, you still have, or I, I still have the thoughts of like, what do I, what am I, what do I want to do with my life? It's like this constant battle of like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? It can feel that that way, right? Because things are unclear. And it could be that you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing in this season of life. Right. Nothing lasts forever. Mm-hmm. Things change. Sure. Like I told you, like off, off. Uh, off the air or off the recording, I'm like there's a lot of changes going on where I work, not just in my department and the division that we're in, you know, the, the heads of the department, but within the whole company, you know, we're, we're getting a new CFO, I believe. The, C, the new COO is just stepping in soon, I believe, or maybe they already did, but then the new CFO is coming into place. So it's like, I still have to do my job. You know, I can't just Amidst worry. All that. I can't just focus on that all day, all, you know, as much as I feel right now, I'm feeling the impact. Right now I'm feeling the changes that are going on at work. But I mean, yeah. And a lot of that is out of my control. It's out of my hands. I don't have a say in like who's coming in and who's, who's in charge and who's going to, you know, make these demands or whatever. But I still have to do my job. It's so funny too because where I work, it's the same deal. There's all these changing. There's all these changes that are happening. So interesting, huh? It's like yeah. everywhere we look, changes are happening. Right, and like like that verse that I mentioned earlier, right? Like you gotta realize too at some point, like you gotta take these weights off and you gotta keep going. said like what are you investing your time in investing in you like what 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 skills are you learning what what are you better to understand now that you didn't pre-pandemic yeah and like in some sense it feels like it's almost the right time Mm -hmm. sort of like hitting hitting that stride right like when you're a surfer you watch movies or shows about it right 
you got to catch the wave so that when you stand up, boom, you're going through the through the the tunnel or what is it called? The yeah, swirl. And, the, and the, the the timing has to be just right. Mm-hmm. You have to be at the right place at the right time. Exactly. Beautiful. <laughs> That's exactly right, Mr. Lee. Mr. I should call you Mr. Lee. Because that sounds like mystery. Mystery? <laughs> Get it? Mystery? Mystery? Yes. Not racist at all, but whatever. Mystery. <laughs> and, and then the, the people that, that troll me are going to be like, Mystery! <laughs> mystery. What up, Mr. Reed? <sighs> I think this what a is a fun good, podcast. I think this is a good place to um, to make a landing before we. Um, All right. If, before we get <laughs> in trouble, <laughs> I can I can feel this, the 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 silliness coming. Uh oh. But yeah, this one this one was good. Enjoyed it. All right. Uh, time to land or abrupt abrupt start? Stop. Start. All right. Let's land the thoughts. Um, is there any final thoughts? Any final conclusions to the matter will be discussed now. <laughs> uh, just, just, you know, for people to really take a step back. There's a lot going on in the world, in our own lives even. Um, life is not easy. Life is hard. But if we take it one day at a time, we submit to the things that God has in store for us, prepared for us, and we're obedient to his word, and, and we're faithful to these responsibilities that he's given us, then... He's not going to lead us astray. We're, we're not going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. But so I can say that. Yeah, I think if we live in the moment, right? If we, if we, I, actually the other day, um, Debbie had said she heard someone say this to her that we aren't we aren't human doing doings. We're human beings. So we learn to just be, right? We learn to um, ride the current, right? When we just kind of take it one step at a time and not concern ourselves with what lies ahead because that will overwhelm us and paralyze us. So you can't you can't row faster on the canoe than what the river is already flowing. There you go. Or maybe you can, but it won't be that much. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a maybe a what is it? A click or two, or how do they say? Uh, 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 when you row the canoe, you can't go faster <laughs> to the left. You have to go more to the right. <laughs> <laughs> My because... canoe was specially signed. It was signed by Pocahontas. I'll tell you what, she's a great, she's a great lady. <laughs> We're good friends. We're good friends. We're always good friends. Man, we I mean, used to have a funny president. You believe I, that? Like some 
TV guy was on. <laughs> that was very enjoyable. <laughs> Entertaining, at least. Yeah, I missed the opportunity for anyone who was hating on him. So just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. It was an opportunity to enjoy something as silly as politics and government. The guy who, remember Joe Rogan said, the guy who eats cheeseburgers every day and drinks eight, co- eight Diet Cokes a day <laughs> survived COVID. So I don't want to hear any more about yep. COVID vaccine, shutdown, vaccine, none of that. None of that nonsense. <laughs> Your argument is invalid. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see y'all next week. Good night. Night.